of the book of Genesis. And I'm glad to be saved. Oh, I know what he saved me from. I know what a wretch I was. I know what a sinful man. Oh, and God commended his love toward me. While I was out there in sin. Oh, my goodness, God's been good to me. Oh, I feel like I could just fly to glory. <laughs> the 14th chapter. Lord, I can't even see. The 14th chapter. The 14th chapter of the book of Genesis. I'm going to begin reading in verse number 10. <clears throat> the context of this scripture. Brother, old Lot is down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. Brother Fred, I turned on the little lapel mic. You can turn off the uh, pulpit mic if you want. Uh, I turned on the lapel because I need some help this morning. Thank you, Brother Fred. Uh, Brother Fred. In verse number 10, the Bible says, And the veil of Sidon, the veil of Sidon was full of slime pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there. And they that remained fled to the mountain. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all the victuals and went their way. Now, before I go any farther, a little context, they had rebelled against uh, the kings that were ruling over Sodom and Gomorrah. In verse number 11, the Bible teaches, And they took Lot, Abraham, or Abram's brother's son, his nephew, who dwelt in Sodom, and his goods, and departed. And there came one, in verse 13, And there came one that had escaped, and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Armorite, brother of Eshtol, and brother of Aner. And these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he's, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318 and pursued them even unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. You can be seated. Father, Lord, we need you more this morning than I've ever needed you before. Father, you know that my flesh is struggling, Lord God, to contain my inner man. And Father, I pray for the day that I'll just be able to Lay down this robe of flesh. 
and fly to glory. Father, we ask you this morning for your anointing. I ask you this morning that you would cleanse my mind and empty me of self. Help me this morning to say what you would have me to say and help me not to say anything you do not want me to say. Father, I ask you this morning to speak to our hearts. I pray, dear God, that you'd save the sinner, reclaim the backslider, encourage the child of God. Father, I pray this morning for the one that is a Christian by lip service only. Lord God, I pray for the one that serves you with their mind, but not with their heart. I pray for the one that has been raised right, but are leaning wrong. Father, I pray this morning for the one that used to walk with you, but Lord God, somewhere along the line they were taken captive. Father, I ask this morning that you free them, loose them, and let them go. Father, my heart's prayer this morning would be that you would visit with your people. God, we ask you to show up and show out. Father, I thank you and I love you. I give you glory and I give you honor for everything that has been said, every song that has been sung. Lord God, everything that has been felt, we thank you in Jesus' wonderful name together, the church says. Amen and amen. This morning I'd just like to ask you a question. How bad does it have to get before you're willing to do something? Let me just simply say that it got so bad yesterday in my life, I had to do something. Let me explain what I mean. I got to the point where I was so hungry, I finally had to get something to eat. Now, what are you saying today, preacher? Well, let me just ask you this. We could look at the political scene and we could ask the question, how bad does it have to get before you do something? We could look this morning at our workplace and say how bad does it have to get before we do something. We could look at our community. Sister Sarah this morning gave such a beautiful testimony. How bad does it have to get before we do something? How bad does our families have to get broken and tattered before we do something about it? How bad do we have to allow things to get in our own life before we do something about it. We once used to be on fire for the Lord. We once used to be faithful to God every service. We once used to be in the Word of God every day. We once used to seek the Lord every day in our prayer life. But now somewhere along the line, honey, the devil has snuck in and taken us captive. How bad does it have to get in order for us to do something about it? We live in such a society that is ruled by the darkness. We live in such a society that has a veil over top of it. We live in such a society and we've gotten used to living in the dark. How bad does it have to get before we do something about it? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. In another place, He told those disciples that were with Him, He said, Ye are the light of the world. 
He said in Matthew 7, he said, A city which uh, setteth upon a hill cannot be hid. Uh, he said, Neither doth men light a candle uh, and put it under a bushel. Uh, understand this morning, uh, your light was not meant to be hidden. Uh, your life, uh, honey, uh, you understand this morning if you're saved, uh, you are not no longer your own. Uh, how bad does it have to get uh, before you do something about it? Uh, well, preacher, what do you mean? Understand this morning there was once a time in your life, honey, that the Holy Ghost of God, honey, would come by your way, knock on your heart's door, and you would feel something on the inside that would stir up. You could feel the bees of glory swarming around the honey. And it wasn't long, honey, until whatever's in there has to come out here. There was once a time that God would reach down and squeeze your heart muscle and the eye juices, honey, would bleed and the Holy Ghost was upon you. Now we've dried up and we're hanging on the vine. How bad does it have to get before you'll do something about it? You say, preacher, you're not inspiring me. I'm not trying to inspire you. I'm trying to fire you. You understand this morning, honey, that we have lived in such a society that we've grown content with the world we're living in. Let me just make sure that you understand what I am saying about me. This world is not my home. And I'll be honest with you, I want to live until a ripe old age upon this earth. And I want to see my children have children and their children have children. You understand what I'm saying? I want to have a whole quiver full of those arrows. I want to be able to grow with a gray hair. Don't get nervous, I'm not far from that. You understand? Honey, I intend to do the best I can taking care of my body, taking care of my life, taking care of my family, so that we might be able to grow old together. Oh, but on the other hand, honey, there's something that's living on the inside of me, honey, that's ready to lay this robe of flesh down and to take my flight toward heaven. You understand this morning, the longer that we're here, the darker that it's going to get. You understand the longer we're here, the worse that this world is going to get. You say, preacher, I just want it to get better. Neighbor, I don't mean to upset you, honey, but you understand this world ain't going to get any better, honey, because this world rejected Jesus. Amen. And Jesus heard them say when He was on the cross and His hands were outstretched. And the Bible teaches that those Jews spoke and said, Let thy blood be on our hands. You understand this morning, if you reject the Lord Jesus, if you take and you say, I love you, Lord, with lip service, but with not with the spirit of your heart, then you are no different than them. You understand this morning, honey, we've got to serve the Lord with all of our mind and all of our heart. We've got to be sold out and dedicated unto the Lord. How bad does it have to get? We kill 354,000 babies in the name of women's rights last year. How bad does it have to get? 
Our nation is in more debt than any other nation in the history of the world. How bad does it have to get? We're living in a time and a generation where homosexuality uh, is encouraged uh, as free thinking. Uh, we live in a society uh, that thinks it's all right, uh, honey, to have more, uh, honey, than one wife uh, or one husband at the same time. Uh, honey, we're living in a generation, uh, honey, that thinks it's all right, uh, honey, to play games with God. Uh, how bad does it have to get uh, before we do something about it? You say, preacher, what exactly are you saying this morning? Well, I just want to ask you this morning. If, now, let me just say this. If you've got a rotten potato in your cabinet, it won't be long until the whole cabinet's starting to stink. It won't be long, honey, until the other potatoes, honey, have started to rotten. It won't be long. You understand what I'm telling you this morning? How long does it have to get? How bad does it have to get, honey, before we do something about it? If you take this morning and you put out in your garbage, honey, yesterday's leftovers, and they rot there for a day or two, it won't be long until that unpleasant fragrance has made its way throughout the entire house. And you may be saying, well, would you take the trash out? Well, why don't you take it out? Oh, no, it's your turn. No, it's yours. Well, preacher, what are you saying? I'm just simply asking this morning, how bad does it have to get before we do something about it? I mean, let's be honest. I ain't even got into the message yet, so you, you pray. I told you a while ago to pray. I want you to understand this morning we're living in a, in a life. We're living in a time of history where you have an opportunity to make an impact on the next generation. How do you get that preacher? I, I want you to understand this morning, honey, that we are living in a time, honey, where children are taught that there is no God in our public schools systems. Amen. We teach them. We train them. We instill the Word of God in them inside of our churches. They were raised right. They were raised according to the Word of God in the family. The family was able to pray together. We send them to institutions and colleges that once stood for the Word of God. That once had deans. Honey, that were godly men. Honey, that once were founded on the Word of God. But now now teaches, honey, that there is no God. That now teaches that many, many millions of years ago, honey, a little molecule washed up on a seashore, and that little that little molecule it evolved into human life. Well, let me just stop right here and say this this morning: In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Was without form, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. If we know what's happening out there is wrong, how bad does it have to get before we do something about it? You say, preacher, I understand. And I say, man, preacher, I'm right there behind you. Oh, why don't you do something about it? Well, let me just ask you this morning. How bad does it have to get in your garden before you, guard, before you hoe the weeds out? How bad does it have to get in your home before you do something about it? How bad does it have to get in your example? See, that's what your life is. It is an example. How bad does it have to get in your example 
before you do something about it. Let me, let, let, let's just go on. I'll try to get on this morning. I, I, we'll try to move on so you can get your, amen, old-fashioned, hot and juicy Wendy's hamburger, amen. Listen this morning. Look with me in verse number 11 and verse number 12. We see the reality of the situation. Look here. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals and went their way. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt, look at this, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods and departed. Can I stop right here this morning and ask you the question? A lot, he was raised in Abram's house. You remember in the scripture that we read, the Bible said that Abram, whenever he heard about Brother Lot, he took and he armed 318 of his servants that were raised and born in his own house. Well, let me just ask you this morning, honey, if Abram had 318, honey, that was armed and was able to defend and was able to offend, well, let me just ask you this morning, honey, when Lot was down there, understand this morning, living in Sodom, living in Gomorrah, brother Fred, I've got a little bit of an echo up here, brother, you understand this morning, honey, that he was raised in Abram's house, he walked with Abram, he saw the example that Abram said. Yet, he was living down there in Sodom and Gomorrah. He was living down there in the world full of Sodomites. Well, let me just ask you, honey, whenever the enemy came, why is it Lot couldn't defend? He lost his righteousness. He lost his testimony. He lost his holiness. You understand this morning, we've got to live a sanctified life. We've got to live a separated life. We can't run around with the world because we'll act like the world. How bad does it have to get before you do something about it? Lot had no righteousness left. Therefore, he had no power with God. See, God could have delivered Lot, but Lot was living down there in the world. You understand what the preacher's preaching this morning? I mean, am I I going too fast? Because it's important this morning that when we leave the house of God, that God has had an opportunity to speak to every heart. You say, preacher, are you telling me that God's the one preaching this? I'm telling you this morning, I believe this is what the Lord has laid on my heart. I've prayed, I've struggled, and I'm telling you, I believe that I am preaching what God has laid upon uh, for the hour this morning. Well, preacher, why do you think God has uh, delivering this message? Because He's asking the question, how bad does it have to get before we do something about it? Our churches once had power with such power with God that the church alone could be out in the community, could be living in the community. If somebody had an open container, they would immediately go and hide it. Amen. The church people had such power with God that immediately if someone cursed in front of somebody that they knew was a Christian, immediately they apologized for it. Yet now we're living in a generation where we're teaching our children 
our young people in our elementary schools that it's alright to use the name of the Lord in vain that it's alright to use the four letter language hey do you understand what I'm telling you this morning I recently visited with a home for work and in this situation honey there was a lady there she had some children there and I mean she used language honey that a sailor wouldn't use on a aircraft carrier my mind is blown Sarah you understand this morning the church has a decision to make and it is how bad does it have to get before we do something about it we have gone so far away from God in this generation we're just one generation away from closing the doors of the house of God. We're less than one generation away from having marriages even performed. I mean, let's be honest, we're living in... I don't know that I had seen a time in my life, at least in my ministry at life, where people don't want to get married anymore. They just want to milk the cow and not own it. You understand what I'm telling you this morning? Understand this morning we're living in a time where men have allowed sin to come in. And I'm not talking about at the sinner's house. I'm talking about at the Christian's house. I'm talking about in our houses of God. Whenever that we darken the door of the house of God, we ought to look our best. We ought to act our best. We ought to talk with our best. We ought to do our best. Preacher, why? You know God's house, the church of God, ought to be the best house in the whole community. Our roof ought not be leaking. Our walls ought not need painting. Our parking lot ought not need repaving. You understand this morning, God deserves the very best that we can give unto Him. Say, preacher, I'd amen you, but you're stepping on my toes. I'm not trying to upset nobody. You understand? I am giving an account for this message. And when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and that's where I'll stand, I want to be able to say that I have done what you have asked me to do. But the fact and the truth of the matter is, is I haven't done Everything God has asked me to do. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm confessing to you. The Bible teaches confess your faults one to another and pray you one for another that you might be healed. You understand this morning that the Bible teaches that there's none good, no, not one. Sarah said again in her testimony, and she made a statement that uh, related to my mindset. She said, I'm not perfect. You know what? I'm not either. I don't mean to upset you, but you're not either. Lord, have mercy. We're going to have to get the deacon board to go on visitation after that one, ain't we? (laughs) Preacher, what are you saying? I'm just simply saying this morning that I can do better. You can too. Well, preacher, where do you come from? I come from the Word of God. I want you to look with me this morning. I just want you to look in verse number 14. We've seen the reality of the situation, but we also see the relation. We see this morning in verse 14, and the Bible says, And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, well, preacher, I thought you said Lot was his nephew. Lot is his nephew, but he treated him like 
his brother. Do you know what God wants us to tra- how God wants us to treat one another? Like brothers and sisters. When we, amen, we ought to be able to shake hands or bump fists or hit elbows. We ought to be able to greet one another. Amen. I'm not talking about in the house of God. I'm talking about outside of the house of God. We ought not argue with our neighbors and fight and carry on. Then come to church, put on our Sunday best, and act like everything's all right. You understand this morning that we need one another today. Look, look, look on, look on. Look at the reaction. The Bible says in verse 14, we've seen the reality of the situation. We've seen the relation. But look at the reaction. The Bible says, He armed His trained servants born in His own house, 318. You know what He did? Oh, Abram said, Oh my. Oh, Abram said, I'm not going to sit here in my own freedom while my brother is down there in captive. But can I tell you today, church, it would do a lot of God's people good. I need to recognize we've got family members. We've got friends. We've got neighbors. Honey, that are in bondage. Honey, that are held captive. Honey, that are tied down and not able to serve the Lord freely. And it seems like that they're bound either by addiction or by uh, pornography uh, or by this uh, or by that uh, or whatever the situation that it might be uh, and they're not able to get themselves loose uh, but you understand this morning uh, we have the ability uh, to fight uh, on their behalf today. Look, 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 look. In verse 14 again we see the relentless pursuit. Look at the last part of this statement. And pursue them unto Dan in verse 15, and he divided him myself against them. Well, preacher, what are you saying? It is estimated uh, based upon some uh, research on some maps that we did uh, from the place where Abram was uh, uh, from Lot uh, down there in Sodom uh, all the way up there to Dan uh, was roughly a 200 mile journey. Uh, How many of you realize, uh, honey, that if we're going to see our people freed, uh, if we're going to see things turn around, uh, it's not going to be by one prayer. I mean, we've got to be dedicated. You say, preacher, I just don't know that I'm the right person. Well, I do not believe that it is by surprise nor mistake that God has ordained you to be in the house of God this morning. Look in verse number 16. We see the rescue. Thank God the Bible teaches. And He brought back all the goods. Thank God. Can I tell you this morning, there's a lot of God's people that once had a testimony that no longer have a testimony. There's, uh, there was once a time, uh, honey, when men uh, would absolutely meet uh, and have prayer on the mountain, uh, honey, before they come to the house of God, uh, you could hear them shouting and praying. Uh, you could hear them coming across the mountaintop. Uh, now we don't even walk next door. Uh, you realize this morning, uh, honey, that God's still God. Uh, he's still the same God yesterday, uh, today, uh, and forevermore. Uh, God's standards ain't changed. Uh, we have. Look with me. We see the rescue. And not only do we see the rescue, look at the return. We see the return in verse 16. And he brought back all the goods. Look at this next statement. And also brought again his brother Lot and his goods. Well, preacher, what did he do with him? He brought him back to Sodom. 
Can I tell you this morning, well, preacher, if, if Abram went down there and rescued Lot, why didn't he take him past Sodom? Why didn't he get him out of that? Because let me just tell you this, I can't drag you to the altar. You've got to be willing. Oh boy, I just upset the whole church down, didn't I? You understand this morning, God's a perfect gentleman. He'll let us lay in the filth and the hog pens of this life as long as we want to. But He'll always offer us a way to get out of it. Oh yeah. Well preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this morning, I can just imagine, if I could just use a little spiritual imagination, I could imagine, oh brother Lot, down there, first he was living in Sodom and Gomorrah. He's lost his righteousness. He's, lifted, he's lost his holiness. And you'll find, according to the Word of God, later on here in the Word of God, you'll find that whenever that the angels came, they found Lot at the gate of the city. You know what that is? That's where the elders made judgments. That's where they ruled from. Lot had done left the ways of God. And he done started making decisions with the world. Hey, can I stop right here this morning uh, and tell you that Lot, uh, when he was rescued by Abram, uh, he had an opportunity to return with Abram, uh, but he he decided, uh, I'm going to return unto Sodom. Well, preach, why? Why would he do that? Because that's where he chose. Well, preacher, I, I just don't quite understand that. Well, let me just say this. The Bible teaches the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of you this morning, please don't raise your hands, how many of you this morning God spoke to you and you felt, well, maybe I ought to go pray or maybe I ought to tell one of, somebody here in the house of God that I love them, I miss them, I'm praying for them, but you didn't do that, well, preacher, uh, that's just different. No, it's the same thing. Uh, God will always offer a way for a sinner uh, to get reborn. Uh, God will always offer a Christian uh, that has become filth and polluted with sin uh, to get cleaned up. But it comes down to having a free will and a willingness to do what God wants to be done. God didn't make... Irene, did God make you stand and testify this morning? Oh, He did not. Boy, she, Fred, you get her in submission. She's not playing well. You felt the move. And then you decided... Amen. Amen. Well, preacher, what are you saying? God will stir our hearts. Amen. It's up to us whether or not we get up. Oh, yeah. You say, well, preacher, I've got a song and I was going to sing this morning, but you got that old O family. Well, they ain't all old. Jeff, I don't know how to take that amen. <laughs> Preacher, what are you saying? All I'm simply saying this morning, if God gave you a song to sing and you didn't sing it, it ain't the Lowe family's fault. But if you had a song to sing because you just thought, well, I'll just magnify my own talent, then that's in the wrong. Oh my. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm just simply saying this morning that if you are in bondage, God can free you. But it's up to you. 
How bad does it have to get before you're willing to do something about it? You know, I've got a, it's no secret, I've got a bad neck and a bad shoulder, and I've heard from my family for a long time, you got to go get something done about it. You need surgery. Every time you turn around, I'm hearing something out of at least one of them. Right now, if you turn and look back that way, don't. They're smiling from ear to ear. And I'm telling you, they look like a coon in a cornfield and a farmer on vacation. Because they know daddy is telling on their self. Well, preacher, what are you telling? It's my choice. See, I know that I have a need. And just to be quite honest with you, I went to the neurosurgeon or the... uh, uh, Yeah, that's what he was. And he told me that it wasn't bad enough to operate. Well, preacher, what are you saying? All I'm simply saying, how bad does it have to get before you're willing to do something about it?